Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the 615 Preps Podcast. My name is Chris Brooks, and alongside Scott Burton, glad to have you with us for week three of the high school football season in the Middle Tennessee. Scott, how are you? Quack. Quack. What? <laughs> I'm not calling you a quack. I just feel like a duck the first two weeks. It is? Okay, yeah. You know, we're recording this on Tuesday, and it's doing the exact same thing it's done on four of the five game nights we've had so far. Rain? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just been, uh, you know, but then again, who am I to complain? I have football. This is true, but, I mean, we would like – it is 2020. At least somebody could cut us a break. <laughs> it's 2020. I, that's not the break everybody's looking for. I guess, but still. <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm damn tired of the rain. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. I, I'm, and I have been with you in the rain. I know. I know. So is everybody else, apparently. Evidently. <laughs> But a lot to get to this week, and a couple of really interesting games that we had seen in week two. Uh, you know, we were in Gordonsville for our spotlight game in the week, and, and uh, this is a, a Smith County rivalry, rivalry between Gordonsville and Smith County. And the rivalry did not live up to it because Gordonsville controlled it from start to finish. Yeah, it, it was, that that game was really, you know, going in, you had a feeling that Gordonsville was maybe a little bit better. Yeah. But – I was really taken aback by the size of Smith County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially up front. Yeah, they they have some some big big players. It's going to take some time, but I think that you know, give it a year or two. Yeah, and I think that team's going to be they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Yeah, um, great crowd. Yeah, it was it, actually a great crowd on both sides. It was. Yeah, so very lively crowd. And um, although the game didn't live up to what we the atmosphere. Yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, of course it was. It was delayed ninety minutes because of rain and lightning and all that stuff going through Carthage. And but Gordonsville's defense, no, they they took it to to Smith County right out of the gate. Yeah, they did. And and again, trout, uh, not trouser Smith. Yeah. Excuse me. Ooh, I could get in real trouble there. You're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, I am just a little bit. Uh, Smith County again, young, a lot of, and the weather had a little bit to do with it. F- some fumbles that. Bad times, yep. mishandled yep. Uh, snaps, things of that nature that really bit them. Mm-hmm. And then that Gordonsville running game. Yeah, Daryl Holt had a, had a nice night, a couple of touchdown runs, I think 138 yards yeah, in that he, neighborhood. And he had several big, uh, big runs that got first downs, yeah. kept drives going, yeah. and maintained uh, maintained possession for, uh, for Gordonsville. So, yeah, it was a really – uh, a ground game, a, a, a grinded out, rainy, nasty game. It but. was, yeah. And the weather obviously hurt Gordonsville. They wanted to throw it, but now they couldn't do it successfully. So it was just kind of chew up, chew up clock, chew up ground, and just see what happens. And it worked out for the best for them. Uh, this Gordonsville team has a chance to do some things this year in that region, especially. They continue to uh, improve, continue to play like they're playing. I think they'll make some noise. Another one who made some noise, Middle Tennessee Christian, 21 nothing over Friendship Christian, the first time they've ever beat the Commanders. And now they're sitting in a, first, in a tie for first place in that region with a game against DCA this week. That was the first time they'd ever beaten Friendship mm-hmm. Christian. It was a uh, surprisingly dominating performance. Yeah. I mean, to shut out Friendship Christian is no small feat. No. And they have, you know, uh, yeah, and and there were some players missing from Friendship Christian, mm-hmm. Mitchell uh, Mitchell Bear, uh, he, their big offensive lineman was out, Porter Delaney, but uh, Delaney Majors left with injuries. But honestly, to be held to ninety-seven yards, that team by the Cougars, Alaric Robinson was huge in that game. He he stopped that running attack, and and he. He basically shut down. I'm not single-handedly, but he shut down that running game and opened things up. Uh, you know, flip field position, things of that nature. And yeah, that was just. I saw that result, and you know, of course, your first instinct is, all right, somebody, <laughs> somebody messed that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, that MTCS did not mess that up, and well, they're in a dogfight in that region because of it. Well, you know. We, 
we had somebody there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then yeah. you realize, uh, no, we didn't mess it up. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really happened. So we we have we have the video. <laughs> yeah. So that that region is shaping up to be at least a three, possibly a four team race at the top, and it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks how it works itself out because Middle Tennessee Christian, you know, they're going to play DCA next week, and then they've Friendship Christian and DCA. This Friday, so we'll know right away kind of where this thing's going. And I don't think that uh, the Cougars, I don't think their offense is, uh, has shown everything they can do. I don't think so either. Uh, Aiden Looper is a, is a great quarterback. They've got a r- good running back in Drew Lusk. That they're going to be able to put more points on the board. And with that defense, who knows? Yeah, I've, I've seen Hooper throw quite a bit. I mean, during the offseason, even just some videos have been posted online. It gets got a good arm and – now, this offense may just be getting rolling. So, so some good times over there at MTCS, and uh, I, I think that may continue this week. Uh, another game that I think you, see, you were at East Robertson, White House Heritage was there on Thursday night. Yeah, another grinded-out game over there in Cross Plains. Um, it was a 16-7 game. It mm-hmm. really uh, – it was 8 to nothing at the half, and, and it, it – Really was a big ground game. Uh, Malachi Elara Mendy. Gosh, I hope I get that right. I think you got that right, actually. Wow. Um, he he was big in that first half, grinding it out. They got uh, they kept Taylor Groves. Yeah. They they kept him. They kept rolling the safety over where they couldn't throw deep. Now he ends up scoring on a, a t- on a, a long uh, kickoff return, but. The combination of those backs there, that uh, Jackson Mapes and and Alara uh, Mendy, uh, it was just too much. Um, but it, again, you know, nice atmosphere. Uh, first time I've seen a game in Cross Plains, uh, it, and it was a game most of the way through. It just, it was one, another one of those just grinded out weather is impacting so many of these teams. Yeah, and it impacted us at uh, Pope John Paul II as well as Academy was over there Thursday night. I was about to say, yeah, that was a weird thing. You know, I get into my car and I'm and I'm thinking, wow, I'm late because we had a rain delay over there. Yeah. And and I call you and I'm thinking, well, Chris may be getting into his car by now. No, Chris is still in the third quarter. Yeah, we are just starting the third quarter when you called me and uh, we had about a two-hour rain, a lightning delay. Started about eight o'clock. It was nine fifty-five or ish when we got back on the field. Right before halftime, too, which they shortened halftime, which was a good move. Yeah, you know, they they shortened like five minutes for us. Some places were like two, but you know, it was a good move there. Lipscomb Academy. Trent Dover had to be beside himself. They committed seven turnovers in that contest, and lo and behold, they were in the ball game in the fourth quarter with a chance to get the ball back late and didn't do it. JP two wins twenty eight twenty one. Jackson Noble, who we'll talk about in a minute, had a big night defensively. Antoine Roberts, another big night on the ground. He had four touchdowns. Uh, these nights, we'll see a lot more about them this week when they start region play, but they're off to a flying start. Yeah, it, it's amazing to me what uh, what Antoine Roberts can do. Uh, he, is, he is everything that's advertised. Yep. Wisconsin is going to be getting a, a very, very good back. A powerful runner, too. One of his touchdowns, he had a big finish running over a safety on his way in. And uh, he isn't just some flash and dash back. He will hit you and he will run you over if he can't, if he has to. Yeah. And then you offset that with Sawyer Watts. Yep. Who can, who can absolutely sling it. Yeah. If this team was in a different region than they're in, this team would really, I think, have a really, really good chance of making some noise. They're just in such a loaded region, right? And it it's yeah you know, yeah they're not going to quit, and you never know what's going to happen with everything that's going on. Sure, but yeah, you really would like to see this team get on a roll and and win some more games and get you know into the postseason. That would be nice. We talk about teams in loaded regions. Brentwood Academy, who's in a loaded region, got a pretty impressive win at Brentwood. First time those two teams had played since two thousand two, and the Eagles. Rolled 34-14. Uh, BA looks like they're kind of getting over the the hangover from last year's rough finish. That Yeah, and I think that they are so committed 
to showing that last year it was not who they are, that this game just came along at the right time. Yep. Because not only are they trying to say that's not who we are, but now they're going to show it to everybody in their town. Yep. And I think that they came out intent on making a statement. Yeah. And Brentwood kind of has to say that's not who we are now because – you know, they could be by 20. They were not at full strength. No Walker Merrill. He was set out with an injury. He should be able to go this week. But you know, Brentwood has to kind of rebuild that image a little bit as well after a rough outing. Yeah, and that's the good thing is that this is a, a non-region game yeah. for them. Uh, their pride hurts a little bit, you know, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, they don't have bragging rights. But in the grand scheme of things, does it really, really matter? Right. Uh it may be one of those games where, you know, it, it puts them on the right path. But they won't get to do that this week. They were supposed to play at Dixon County. That game has now been moved to October 8th. Dixon County had a few cases of COVID-19 that have been reported, and they cannot play this week. So they're yeah. moving They're moving that region game later in the year. It may be, uh, may be a better thing for Dixon County not to be the next team up. Yeah. To have to face Brentwood. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they're closer back to full strength and – than they were. Um, right. But uh, a lot of games scheduled for this week with region play starting. We'll talk about some of them and who you got. But right now, it's time for us to name our Citizens Bank Player of the Week. And we start with the fan vote. And this was interesting because we had four finalists. Had Jackson Noble from JP2. He had three interceptions and a fumble recovery in their win over Lisbon Academy. Same game, Antoine Roberts. 30 carries, 167 yards, four touchdowns. Connor Beaven. Franklin quarterback, 15 of 22, 367 yards through the air, four TDs. Franklin lost to Riverdale 30-25. And then Junior Colson from Ravenwood, 11 tackles, a fumble recovery, a blocked punt, a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown as they beat Blackman 38-9. Those are your four finalists. The fans voted. That went to Junior Colson, 55.8% of the vote. Scott? Oh, and, and, yeah, I know he's everything in the kitchen sink and uh, Swiss Army knife and all that. And and there, that's he is a very, very deserving, deserving candidate. What are you telling me here? I'm telling you that I like Jackson Noble. Okay. Uh, Seven-point game. Yeah, there are seven turnovers. He's responsible for four. He gets three interceptions. He gets one fumble recovery in a seven-point game against Lisgoon Academy. And those are impact plays. Three interceptions. Is it, it, it doesn't just roll up to you like a fumble, okay? You actually made a play on the ball. So I think that, in my opinion – I will disagree with the fan vote here and go with Jackson Noble uh, from Pope John Paul. Okay, so you are on record disagreeing with the fans. I am on record disagreeing with the fans. And okay. It'll be interesting to see because, truthfully, I have the easy part. It's all on you. Well, I'm not worried about it because here's the thing. I think Junior Colson, by playing Saturday, has the edge here. He kind of got the last impression, and it was a pretty good one. <laughs> So, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So you know, he is the Swiss Army knife for Ravenwood. He does a little bit of everything, and you know, for him to have impacted that game in that manner, in pretty much more than one phase of the game, I'm good with it. Fans, I've got your back this week. It's Junior Colson of Ravenwood. So congratulations to Junior. Yep. He is our Citizens Bank Player of the Week. We will have a presentation in a coming week, and with that. We have to take a break because coming up next, Trousdale County head coach Blake Satterfield joins us to talk about this week's game against region rival Watertown. Stay with us. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We're back in a minute. Hey, folks. If you want to support high school football coverage all across Middle Tennessee, let 615 Preps help. We have sponsorship opportunities for the 2020 season to suit all needs and budgets. For more information, Shoot us an email at 615preps at gmail.com. That's 615preps at gmail.com. 615preps, Friday night's finest play here. 
Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast, we've got Trousdale County Head Coach Blake Satterfield on with us. Coach, thanks for coming on with us this week. Hey, no problem, Chris. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate that. And just uh, getting ready for this week and, and such a rivalry game with Watertown and the way you've been involved with it like the last year or so. You know, what does Watertown bring to this rivalry that makes it what it is now? Well, number one is they've got a great head ball coach, you know, and Coach Webster, he does a great job with his with his guys. I think over the last, you know, if you look at a program, and not saying they were a bad program at all, but if you look at a program that's improved after the last three years, I think Watertown's got to be in tops in the state in, in the improvement they've been able to do the last three years. Um, I think they've got great athletes. I think their kids are well coached. I think they have a great weight program. Um, their kids are developed and they look like football players. And um, when you put along good football players with a great coach and, you know, really good things happen. And that presents a, a challenge to Trousdale County. You know, we, I think, uh, Watertown has equal or even better athletes than we do. Um, and I think that's why you use that word rival. You know, going back to three years, I think our games, you know, we've met each other in the regular season and in the playoffs. It's been a split, basically. We win one, we lose one. And I think if you added up total points, it's almost a push as well. So um, just, you know, two great programs going at it on a Friday night. Um, you can't ask for anything better than that in high school football. You know, that was going to be my next question about splitting last year, especially, and you lose at home and then go to their place in the postseason and win. Uh, is there still kind of a little bit of a revenge factor knowing that you lost at home to them last year? Oh, for sure. I mean, you go back and – you know, if we go back to 2018, losing to them on a you know a big fourth down play last year, having a 13 point lead at halftime, um, and then watching that slip away 16 straight points they scored. Um, and you know, you use that as motivation to your kids. You know, you really, as a coach, after you after a group of kids lose, they you know if they're made out of the right stuff, you don't have to motivate them too much. You know, they got that sour taste in their mouth from the uh, regular season. I think that's actually helped us in the postseason, you know, going back to the last couple of years, being able to knock them off in the, in the postseason play. Um, but this year we want it to be different. You know, we, we, we've had a great week thus far of preparation. I think our kids' minds are on it. You know, everybody talks about uh, re- this. It could be the region championship game. I try not to really build that up as the region championship game, but we look at it as basically doing what we do each and every week, doing the, getting better at the little things. Um, but, yeah, I think our kids, anytime you lose to somebody, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and that simply motivates you, and that's kind of, you know, uh, locker room talk, you know, when you, when you lose to an opponent um, and you get another chance to get back at them. You know? it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because you guys had a lead late against Friendship Christian, let that get away, and then last week against White House, it seemed like you kind of just took it out on them. Yeah, well, you know, I would have, you know, going back to our first two ball games this year and even – this week playing Watertown, we've got a tough schedule. You know, our first three games are knockdown dragouts. You know, going back to week one uh, with Friendship Christian and Coach McNeil, he does a great job with them and everything. Coach Hamilton, week two, uh, those were really good football teams. And, uh, you know, we had a lead all the way up until the last minute, maybe 20-something seconds of the game against Friendship. Uh, we had a couple bad, bad uh, defensive uh, series right there. You know, and I'm a defensive guy, and that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and then going back to last week against White House, um, they come out with great intensity. We was able to fix some things that we saw on film in week one. And our kids, again, losing, getting motivated, having a great week of preparation, and going out and executing the game plan on Friday night. That's what you want as a coach. But, you know, we, you know, it's kind of a weird time. You know, I know you talk to all these coaches and everything, and I'm sure they're saying the same thing. With all this mess going around and everything, and then all of a sudden that was our – basically that was our first scrimmage game against Watertown – or sorry, against uh, Friendship. And now we, uh, the uh, White House game was kind of like a scrimmage number two. Now we hopefully got, you know, kind of the kinks out of the machine and everything. And hopefully um, in this ball game, and it goes back to last year, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes in this ball game is the team that has the best chance to win in late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I want to ask you about that White House game because it came together pretty quickly – before the season started, and we talk about mid-state programs, you have to mention Trousdale County and White House, but correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that those two teams have played since 1986 until this year. Is that right? I think that is right. I think it goes back, yeah, I want to say 1986, and I think that game, uh, or an answer, I think it was maybe a 6-0 ball game, yeah. so a really close ball game. Um, but, hey, I'll tell you one thing, uh, going over there to White House and, and Coach Hamilton and everything, being over there, does a great job. It was an amazing atmosphere. You know, after we got up there, um, you 
you know, it kind of saw everything. It was at that, it, it, right in the middle of town and everything, and it was just a neat setup to it. Uh, great field, great playing surface, nice stadium. I mean, it was just high school football at its best. And, uh, you know, getting back to, I think, actually in 1997, uh, that's when Coach Porter uh, was coaching for them. They won a state championship the same day that my father was actually coaching at Troutville County. And uh, going back about three years ago, I actually met Coach Porter at the uh, – and when my dad and uh, Coach Porter got inducted into the TLS Double Hall of Fame at that banquet and everything. So Coach Porter actually helped me with that a little bit too, kind of get involved and, and get my, uh, getting to know Coach Hamilton and everything. We both need a ball game. And I can't say enough great things about him. And we was able to set that up. And, and like you said, that's two great mid-state teams going at it. And I hope we can do that again in the future. Coach, looking ahead to the uh, the game with Watertown, uh, they have a really good quarterback in Braden Casino over there. What about him makes him uh, a really, really good quarterback and hard to, to plan against? Well, you know, going back about two years ago, we actually uh, – Coach Webster's son was the quarterback. And, you know, he was a great passer. He could – I mean, he could read, pick apart defenses and everything. But uh, Casino, he comes in – and he has a whole other element to it. He not only is he an RPO guy that can throw the ball, but he can run the ball as well. He's a shifty little guy. I, the, I, what I like about Casino is he's a grinder. You know, he, he's a greedy little ball player, not the biggest guy in the world, maybe not even the fastest guy in the world, but the guy's a football player. He's very quick, um, and it's going to take everything that we've got. And we and last year was my first year coach against him, and then talk about their offense, you know, they have a great offense. I mean, they've got skill guys. Uh, they've got four or five skill guys on the offense. They, now, they did lose some linemen and everything, but they've got those replaced and everything, and they look like a well-oiled machine going in this thing. Um, and that's the thing we've tried to stress, uh, stress even today is our defensive side. Um, they're a team, and you'll see this with Watertown, even going back to last week against uh, Nolansville, they can score points at any time. They can be down and score, going back to last year against Upperman. Uh, going back last year to against us in the second half, and if you don't if you don't have your foot on the gas pedal in the second half, I hope we're fortunate enough to have a lead. Um, that will be a miracle in itself. But if anyways, if we can have a lead, it's going to be even that much harder to keep that lead late in the ball game. But he, but Casino is a great football player. I, I hey, I take him on my football team any day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I, and you mentioned that uh, how important it will be to get out in front. How important is going to be for you to establish the ground game early in in this game well you know and that's trousdale county that's what we do you know i i, I kind of preach uh my philosophy and coaching is kind of defense then it's special teams and then offensively we just don't want to go backwards if that makes any sense we want to hang on to the ball execute and just keep moving forward a little bit so our ground game means everything you know i think i think it's a defensive approach to the offensive side is being able being able to imp- implement your run game and control the clock obviously through that um, and hanging on to the ball and just, you know, four-yarding them, five-yarding them and everything. And then hopefully one of those plays breaks big. However, if it doesn't, and we're just literally able to move the football in chunks of three to four to five yards and control the clock and have a good special teams and a punt game and play good defense, um, that's the name of the game in this thing. And, and it's going to hit at all three phases against Watertown and Trousdale County. It's going to – if you have a weakness in your offense, if you have a weakness in your defense or your special teams, it'll be exploited on Friday night. And that's one thing that we try to always preach is being physical on the offensive side of the ball, moving forward, hanging on to the ball. You go back to last year, I think we had six fumbles against Watertown. And anytime you you play a team and you fumble the ball six times, regardless of who you're playing, you're going to lose. And that that holds very evident when you're playing a quality team like Watertown. It kind of brings to mind uh, Cameron Rankins and his physicality on both sides of the ball. A little bit of worry about his injuries. I mean, how is he doing right now? Well, you know, he's practicing this week, so uh, I think he's, uh, he, you know, he's recovering from it. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, we're taking him slow. You know, we're not doing anything crazy right now with him. Uh, we just got to have him healthy on Friday night. But, uh, you know, going back to our week one game, I think Cameron, uh, you know, Rankins had over 100 yards on in the first half. Yep. And then all of a sudden we, we have that injury, and not only Cameron being hurt, uh, we've got about four other starters out right now too. Um, so, we're just kind of wounded right now. You know, it's uh, we're just trying to get by and survive. And the people that, that were second teamers have now stepped up to be that 
you know, reps are great right now. Yeah. Anytime you get those guys in second team who are now getting reps in first team and vice versa, or vice versa with third group going up to second group, uh, you can't beat those reps. And fortunately, last week we were able to rotate a lot of guys to keep their, you know, our, our guys legs fresh and everything. Uh, but no, Cameron, uh, you know, if he's out there on the field, you know, I think everybody in the stand, they're wearing purple and gold. They're clapping before the game even starts, you know, if he's if he's on the field dressed right. out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you kind of feel like that maybe the injuries may be a product of not having as much contact before the season started as you usually would, or, or is it just bad luck in some of those cases? Well, you know, I think it is that. I think it's got a lot to do with it. You know, this is a new time. You know, even my dad, who coached for 20-something-odd years, uh, you know, he he empathizes with me saying, hey, I, I don't even know what you're going through. I could not even imagine not getting these scrimmages or not being able to do football, you know. And uh, and I've had to change my practice routine a little bit. You know, running and conditioning, we've had to tell back from that a little bit just because – you know, at the end of the day, your kids just aren't quite ready for that right now because they haven't been exposed to that in over a year. So we're trying to, or, in, in, you know, a little bit less than a year. So we're trying to basically, we're pushing them, but it's it's at to a point that is a, it's a smart way of coaching. You know, you're not trying to overdo something because at the end of the day, you got to have your guys healthy, uh, but also they got to get in shape. So it's a slippery slope either way you look at it. Um, but we've had some injury, you know, we've had some hamstring injuries, uh, some uh, quad injuries, um, and just some, and just some bad luck knee injuries as well. So, yeah. You kind of mentioned your dad, Clint Satterfield, obviously I got to bring him up. Uh, uh-huh. how often, I mean, how much do you two talk like during the week about coaching or is he, or is he in your ear a lot? How- talk that much about football i mean really it's uh you know he's the director of schools now so you know he's got his hands full and everything especially with all these new regulations Mm -hmm. and all that stuff now Mm -hmm. last year he actually got to help me out a little bit more this year i've you know i've hardly even seen him and everything but uh we talk on the phone you know two or three times a week and he comes down to practice when he gets a chance actually yesterday he was down here in the uh in his dress or in his collared shirt and everything and it's pouring down rain i had to get him inside and everything i'm like man, you gotta go in you gotta, you know, my mom's gonna beat you up man you're gonna ruin your college shirt right there so uh hey but uh but no it was it, it's always good to have my dad here i like I even like for him to talk to the team. You know, he's got great experience and everything, knows how to talk to young men. And, uh, you know, it, he's definitely a, a great asset to have around. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Considering the the way your family has had that legacy of coaching in that program, you know, when you first took the job, were there any thoughts about whether you should take it or not? Or was it just, man, this is a dream job, I got to have it? Well, you know, this it's kind of a crazy story. Two years ago, or I guess three years ago now, I wasn't even coaching football. I coached middle school football for about four years, and uh, I kind of actually took a year off of coaching. I was just coaching high school softball, to be honest with you. And then uh, we were in our district tournament, and I got a coach from Coach Wagner, who was here, you know, who's at South Pitt yep. now, the defense mm-hmm. coordinator. And Coach Wagner, you know, I was a defense coordinator in middle school and everything, and he actually called me that week of, and he said, hey, hey, Blake, I'd like for you to be our defensive coordinator in 2018. And uh, I thought about it. I said, well, yeah, I'll talk to my wife and everything. It was kind of weird because I ain't coached football in a year. And, uh, and I ended up, I had to worry about it because we were in softball district tournament. So I, I said, after this is over, you know, I'll talk to you and everything. So I ended up taking the job in 2018. Lo and behold, we had a great season, went to the state championship game. Thought we had a pretty good defensive and offensive year that year. And then the next year, this is what's been less than a 12 months, you know, Coach Wagner goes to Georgia to take another job, and the job's open. And I felt like, uh, I felt like for me, it was a, it was a weird move. I kind of had a lot of people say, you know, we think you should take this job uh, or apply for this job and everything. And I said, you know, I, I'll think about it again. And uh, ended up, you know, applying for it. Ended up interviewing and ended up getting it. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you, you said the word dream job. I just thought I gave the kids that I had, and I had them in middle school. I knew the kids, and I knew, you know, what it took. And I had a great coaching staff that was already on board. And I said, you know, I thought I gave them, and this coaching staff gave them the best possible chance to be successful. And uh, and that's kind of where I went back. And me and my wife, we talk about it, and I, I kind of joked with her. And I said, I'd almost be, have to be crazy to take a head football coaching job where your grandfather's <laughs> won a state championship, your dad's won a, multiple state mm-hmm. championships. I mean, it, it, there's, no up, there's no getting more than that. So it's all, you know, it's all perspective. But I'm not worried about the state championships or anything. I'm just worried about our kids getting better each and every day. Yep. And uh, we were able to have a, you know, a pretty good year. My first year last year, we ended up uh, losing a couple of close, you know, ball games I, I would have liked to have back. But, 
you lose a couple ball games by a combined of five points and you make it to the semifinals, I, you know, hats off to our seniors last year. And this year, hopefully we can get some of these injuries um, and keep, you know, keep getting better this year as well. Well, Coach, I appreciate you giving the time this week. It's always good to get down to the Creek Bank for a game, and I'm looking forward to it Friday. So hopefully we'll get to chat, and good luck to your kids. Hey, well, I appreciate it. Like I said, thank you all for having me on and uh, and supporting Drowsdale County. We appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Coach. That's no, no problem. Thank y'all. That's Drowsdale County Head Coach Blake Satterfield. When we come back, we'll pick the games this week and who you got. So stick around. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Stay with us. Welcome back to the 615 Preps Podcast. Time for that segment of the week where we try to uh, make ourselves look smart and usually wind up not being smart. It's who you got. And, Scott, I think you have the overall standings from last week. Tell us how we did or didn't do. Well, what I have is uh, I have you at, let's see, first week you're 8-2. You're 15-4. and four. Uh, And so you're leading the pack. Hey. <laughs> uh, Drake and I are both behind you at 12-7. and seven. On the on the who you got game. And now this is funny that you say that you're that you're tied with him because Drake was nine and one last week. What happened to him this week? Well, I'd I'd say that reality hit. <laughs> are you are you saying that um, all is right in the pick'em world at least? I, 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 well, I would say that, but that would sound a little self serving. Well, so I'm just going to let you say that. I don't care. No, actually, you know, well, I, it it you know it evened out. I mean, truthfully, it evened out. Yeah. So either I either the beginner's a, luck ran out. Yes, that now that's what I would. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Went three and six. Now, one game behind us sits the people. The people did not do a very good job last week, and I've got to say, y'all have got to figure out a way to stop tying on poles because for the second straight week, it was a deadlock on one game, and that was Brentwood Academy and Brentwood, and because you didn't pick a winner, it means you're a loser. Chris, Chris is a tough grade. I, I do not play. I do not play. Now, Chris, you lead me in the who you gots, but if you go and you see our picks overall on our on our website. Yeah. <laughs> so what basically I'm leading you. I've got a twenty one and six record. You have nineteen eight. You know what this means? That means I can pick everywhere but here in a six one five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that I'm that I'm working on, reporting on, and things like that, I show the least amount of ability. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said it, I didn't, all right? Well, I said it so you didn't have to. Yeah, okay. I knew you were thinking. You that. made my job a little easier there, so, thank, so I thank you. <laughs> Let's get started with a game that originally was supposed to be at Laverne, but it's going to go the other way now. Beach it was going to host Laverne. And Beach gets to debut their new turf this week. They were going to originally do it in week four against Hendersonville, but now they're going to play on the turf this week. Is there a reason for that? I think it is just a... they they want to try to conserve Laverne's field possibly. I see that because – A lot of rain. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. And, and we're you know going don't, to get even more up until – Don't use it up on a, on a non-region game. I mean, this was, this was put together pretty quickly too. It was one of those not originally scheduled, this being a, makes a usual region week for those teams. They both had Metro opponents. Well, they, all you had to do is look at what happened with Ravenwood last year. Yeah. Where at the end of the in the season, they were playing anywhere but home. So, yeah, very, very smart move on everybody's part, I think. So, we get to see Ray Banner on the turf at Beach go up against a pretty stout defense that really asserted themselves last week against Henry County. Yeah. And, you know, right now, if I'm, if I'm Beach, you know, you know number four is circled. You know that they've got him circled. Yep. Uh, it's been all about Ray Banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two hundred. You know, the first week, two hundred seventy-three yards rushing, five touchdowns. Followed that up last week, two fifty-eight yards and three TD performance. But those first two games, they weren't playing Beach. No, they were not. And like you said, Beach coming off that victory over Henry County in Milan. And, and, you know, they have a solid back of their own that they'll want to showcase. Tyshawn Jefferson, you know, it's going to be Banner against Jefferson in the backfield duel. Jefferson had 155 yards in their first week loss at Powell, followed that up with 130 yards and three touchdowns in their win against Henry County. So, you know, he's coming off a pretty strong year, even as a number two guy. Now he gets that, that full-time role in that Buccaneer backfield, which is always producing 
strong running backs and, and Mr. Football candidates at that. And I would expect Bronco Hanks and friends to be, like I said, keying on that and forcing Lavondre Webb to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Ready for a pick? Send it. I'm going to have to go with Beach. Okay, I agree with that. I mean, Laverne's off to a good start. They're a better football team than last year, but this is going to be the true barometer as to what kind of team they really are. Beach is, is not going to play around you know, with this game, even though there's a rivalry game looming a week ahead. Um, they get to debut their turf for the first time. That's going to be a game they're going to want to play well and make a statement. I don't, and and I see, I see. I see Laverne hanging with them. I for a think while. this will be a close game, though. I mean, I think Laverne offensively can stay with Beach, but it's going to be a matter of, of can they get Banner in the end zone, or is it going to have to be Webb making plays with his arms and his yeah, legs? Exactly, and I just think that they'll key on him. That's that, uh, you know, force uh, Webb to throw him, which we saw him. He's able to do. He, yeah, he did that at Rockvale. Yeah, but uh, picks all around go to Beach for both of us. On to BGA at Good Pasture, a region opener for both teams. And I'm curious now that Good Pasture has started 2-0 to see what this team really has. They had an impressive win over Nashville Christian last week, but I'm, I'm kind of still on the fence about this group just because there's such an unknown. Yeah, and it's you're right. They, they are a mystery. They are a mystery that uh, – Nashville Christian just couldn't solve that. I looked at the stats of this game. They were near equal. But you look at this good pasture team, and what you see is a swarming defense, a a crushing, suffocating defense. Um, and that's going to cause some problems, I think, for, uh, for, for BGA here. I think that, you know, Brett Brown's going to have to play well uh, I think he's going to – they've got to do something to break up that swarming defense, get them off the ball. They're going to offset that with Sean Williams, their running back. Uh, but here's the guy that I think is going to be the key to the game. I think the, the key to the game is going to be Worth Jewel, the outside linebacker for BGA. I think that he's going to be – last week he had five tackles, three for loss, he had a sack. I think that right now – he is going to be the key to stopping Good Pasture's offense and getting and you know putting them in good field position. I'm no, I'm on the fence about this one just because you know Wilson Central gave BGA fits last week and I didn't exactly expect that. So I'm like you. I mean, if if that defense can can contain Good Pasture. That might be enough to get them a win. But, you know, Good Pastures had so many struggles in this region since they joined it a couple of years ago. It's time for them to win a region game, and I think that they'll get that done this week. I'm st- we're still learning about BGA. They've only had one game under their belts. Good Pastures starting to get rolling, and, and it's a good time for them right now. So I'm going with the Cougars to, to take a win over BGA. It was really close to me. I mean, they have a really good quarterback. Cooper Pennington, he's mobile. He's got good touch. Um you know, they got that big running back, Brendan Jones. I just – I want to trust them. I really do. But I think that BJ is just maybe a little bit better. Uh, we'll see. We'll learn We'll learn something. So Yeah, I'm going BGA. You're going BGA. I'm going good pasture. Lebanon and Mount Juliet, a Wilson, Wilson County rivalry renewed once again, this time at Mount Juliet. Uh, this game was uh, – it was fairly close for a while last year. Mm-hmm. I think it'll probably be close again this year. It probably will. I, at first, I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, Lebanon will have a week to get Deshante Shannon healthy. And then I looked across and I said, well, Henderson, I mean, uh, Mount Julie didn't play either. Nope, they did not. <laughs> so so it, it it really, both of them had time to study film, get healthy. Uh, I agree. I think that this game is going to be a lot closer, especially early. But it's going to be really, really important for Lebanon to get the lead early. Yeah, they can't. They can't afford to, to fall behind against that Mount Julia defense. The way they played against Stewart's Creek, you know, once they got the lead, it, they would clamp down. And they've got to force. Uh, they've got to be able to shut down the run. They got to have a better uh, defense than they did against Galton. Galton ran all over them. Yeah. And 
they're going to have to move the ball. Like, again, Shannon, uh, he's your big back. He's your bell cow. You're going to have to ride him. I just think this Mount Juliet team, there's something about them this year. Um, there's something about their attitude this year. I, I just think that they remind me so much of Ravenwood last year is with an attitude, maybe a swagger. And I expect a lot of Cameron Malone in this game. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mount Juliet. I have no problem going Mount Juliet in this game just because I think their defense will get it done. And this could be a relatively low-scoring contest, especially if the weather interferes again. But even in dry weather, I think Mount Juliet's defense will, will hold Lebanon in the teens, if nothing else, and that'll be enough for them to to get the win. Yeah. I agree. A game that one of us will be at Nashville Christian at Davidson Academy. It's hard. You don't. You don't hardly ever see a, a game where a defending state champion is seeking revenge, but Davidson Academy is. As Nashville Christian won this game last year. Yeah, it's one of the few games that uh, Davidson Academy did not play well. Yeah. Last year, uh, but you know, I. They're another team that – Davidson Academy is another team that just has repeat on their mind. Yeah. And and we've seen Nashville Christian has struggled. They've got an o, they're in an 0-2 start now. Yeah. And dropped a, a game which, you know, you and I neither one saw coming against good pasture. Mm-hmm. they got to get more out of the passing game than what they're, than what they're doing, and they desperately need to get Martez Edwards uh, going at running back. And, and this may not be a, a good week this to, is to not do that. A week to do that because you're looking at facing Griffin Sweeney, who had seven carries for 156 yards last week, four touchdowns, averaged 22 yards a carry. We saw him in the Blue Cross Bowl. This kid is all everything defense, offense. It's nice when you can get your production in seven carries and, and have an efficient day <laughs> without having a really – have a lot of wear and tear in your body, and Griffin Swinney just did that against Sycamore. They won yeah. fifty to nothing, and, and looked impressive doing so. So, I, I think Nashville Christian is about to to really see some revenge taken out on them. And, and I'm going Davidson Academy. Yeah, I'm going with the Bears as well. Yeah, Portland and Montgomery Central. You know, this is the start of the region play in that wacky class. It was Region Five and Class Four A last year that that you know, had several different lead changes. You didn't know where anybody was going to finish until week 11 and, you know, all the combinations of potential playoff teams last year. And, and it's kind of shaping up like it might be that way again this year. So this is a really important game for both of these teams to get out of the gate. Yeah, and I think that Portland uh, loss last year uh, did a lot for putting Montgomery Central out of the playoffs. Yeah. And so you talk about last game had revenge on their mind. I think this game is something that Montgomery Central circled mm-hmm. in the offseason. Um, and, of course, you know, this is their opening game. Right. Yeah, Montgomery County's back this week. So, you know, they open up with with the mission. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there's one game they play this year that they get a win, want this, this is the one they want. They'll want this one. And they've got. We talked about this team in the, you know, in the pre uh, preview shows. Mm-hmm. They've got a running back, uh, Timmy Campbell. It's a very very talented running back. Um, I look at this Portland team, and their defense just seems right now to give up big plays. Yeah. And I'm thinking that they're not quite there. And with the with the revenge factor in mind for the Indians, I just. I just don't see Montgomery Central slipping up. Yeah, I think Kate Box will have an impact on Portland staying in this game for a while. But I'm like you. I think Montgomery Central may be the better team and, and make it a pretty impressive win to start their 2020 campaign. Yep. So give me Montgomery Central in this one. Well, we've only differed on one game so far. Chris. So far, yeah. And it's, it's maybe I, one, it may be one of those weeks. i I got to find a way to make up ground. I, may, can't, I can't afford to lose it. Well, you know. It is what it is. Ravenwood at Franklin. This game, to me, is going to say more about Franklin than it does Ravenwood. 
Agreed. Because you know, Franklin's been, you know, they've been pretty good in the first couple of weeks, but now you're getting the cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they played uh, they played Riverdale, mm-hmm. but they played uh, Riverdale again on a sloppy night. And, and, of course, Riverdale had to play in it too. Yep. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Franklin offense can do when they can throw the ball it's not slick. It's not trying to catch you. This could be a quarterback duel, Connor Beaven and Trevor Andrews. Uh-huh. That's that's what I'm thinking. If it's a dry night, yeah, I think that this very well is going to be a, a quarterback duel. I really do. Um, and boy, I you know Ravenwood's got some good defenders. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, it's very possible that Ravenwood may be better in certain positions this year. Than they were last year. Even. I could I could agree with that statement. I mean, I think that uh, it seems like they're sharper on the defensive side of the ball now than they were at times last year. Yes, but you know it is still early, and we may still see some holes develop. But you know, I don't know where they're going to come up at. And you know, you know, I thought that the quarterback spot was going to be the biggest question mark, uh, replacing Brian Garcia, a three-year starter. But Trevor Andrews is a bigger quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he fits this system better. Uh, than Garcia did. Gar- Garcia did a great job. He he really was talented in making plays happen when they broke down, right. scrambling and finding open guys. You know, he had a lot of instinctual play. I think Andrews is a technically sound quarterback, and he's running the offense. Yeah, um, and then of course you know Jake Brennan's still just getting better. Of course, and you know you know I'm sure Clemson sitting there just looking at him. Yeah, you look nice. Just stay healthy. <laughs> stay healthy, man. Um, Ross Johnston's tough. There's just so many weapons. Yeah. Um, Franklin stayed in the game against Riverdale. They, Riverdale, they gave it up late. Uh, but they can't get their running game going. And that really, really worries me. That's why I think it will be a Franklin slinging the ball. But they have to be effective. Yeah. But it's hard for me to go against Ravenwood. I mean, it just there's just no way that I could pick against them. I'm I'm curious to see how well Franklin plays in this game, and I think if they could stay with Ravenwood, and and you know make it make it stay competitive in the fourth quarter, it'll say a lot about what this team can do going down the road. But I think this week, Ravenwood's the better team, and they'll prove it. Yeah, I agree. Rossview at Wilson Central. This is the opener for Rossview as well, coming out of the mandatory period for Montgomery County, and they opened up with their region game at Wilson Central. This, to me, is going to be a playoff game for these two teams. Yep. Because if you want to get in, you better win. Yeah, and Rossview's got a little bit of uh, that revenge factor. Uh, they took it on the chin 20-14 to 14 last year against Wilson Central. Um, there's a lot of youth on that Ross, uh, Rossville team. Um, but they got a good quarterback. Tyler Hall's been there before. Uh, they have a big line. Uh, their defense is stout. But Wilson Central, they, they're having their opposite of their start last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, uh, it's, it's almost like a hangover from last year. Yeah. Uh, but it's region play. Fresh start. The two games they've lost, you know, out the window. Right. They've had their high-flying offense grounded by the weather. You know, Xavier Ali, he should have a good another good night carrying the ball. I'm going to go with the Wildcats here. I'm going to go Wilson Central. I think that they they uh, get on the board. Now is where we differ. I think Rossview comes out flying. Have they been chomping at the bit to get on the field? They're ready to hit somebody, and Wilson Central gets hit in the mouth. And I'm taking Rossview to win. I can see it. I mean, really, it, I came in. This is one of those coin flip games. Yeah. And I and you know, the only thing that I looked at was the only, was that Wilson Central's got a chip on their shoulder about being 0-2. And Rossview has been – has only been hitting each other. Yeah. So, you know, again, so it really is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for all the Montgomery County teams. Right. Coming out of the gate. Yep. Do they have rust? Do they have jitters? Uh, do they make mistakes in real time? Yep. So, yeah, so we differ there. 
So we'll move on to Brentwood Academy going to Macaulay. And this, to me, is the, is the hardest game to pick this week just because Brentwood Academy has played well in the first two weeks. But if they lose this game, they are right back where they were at this time a year ago, and that didn't end well for them. No, and this Macaulay team is no joke. Uh, th- they are tough. Now, they've now looking at what they've done this year, they've had one COVID win, and then they beat Webb uh, 55 to nothing, but it was the way they beat them. Um, 474 yards of total offense, 314 of that on the ground. Huh. They held um, they held Webb to 11 yards rushing. All right. They've got a uh, Missouri uh, commit at running back B.J. Harris, 10 of 26, uh, 10 for 126, three touchdowns, 12.6 yards of carry. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot. I, I know Brentwood Academy is playing well. I know they're on a mission. But I just don't see him beating Macaulay. This is this is kind of where we will learn if Brentwood Academy really is better than last year. I agree, and it's gonna. I think it'll be close. It was close last year, and I think it will be again this year. I'm not sure if Macaulay is as good as they were last year. They lost a bit. They they lost quite a bit from last year's championship team. And it might be an opportunity for Brentwood Academy to get him on the road. It may be. And, you know, like, you know, we've said Brentwood Academy is a different, in a different state of mind this year. I'm ready to put them in that category of a state championship contender. And I think they'll beat McCauley this week and, and prove why. I, I'm taking you know, BA on the road. I, I hope you're right. I, I honestly do. I hope you're right. I, I think it's going to be – this is one of those games that you really wish that you could be a fan at. Yeah. Um, and I, I really think that they have a chance. It's just going to be – you know, I, I'm looking at it from a Macaulay's a pretty doggone tough team. But oh, they again, are. They are. But then again, they've not played anybody this year that's, either. That's another reason I think B.A. can get them right now. So, yeah, it'll be – I think it'll be a good game either way. But, yep. Yep. Okay, so we differed on three. That's right. So yeah, we're we're good there. We've we've done our we've done our job as far as avoiding each other. Um, <laughs> Summit at Columbia and a couple of neighbors clashing in a region duel. Uh, this one's one that's going to really define Columbia's season. If, if they're going to contend for the region title, they got to win this game. If they don't, they're probably going to be sitting back in that three and four spot. But you know, the way Summit has responded after losing Keaton Wade, it has been impressive. They were really good in week one, coming back and winning against Independence. They were they, they took care of Spring Hill last week. Um, Destin Wade is is playing his best ball right now, and and it, it's refreshing to see for them, but it's good for, for Summit too because they have a target on their back, and they're getting everybody's best shot. Yeah, and Columbia is a team that can – can do some th- work with their – they're a defensive team. Mm-hmm. This team is, you know, they're 2-0, and but they've only beaten two 0-2 teams. But um, – and Spring Hill lost to both of them by about similar margins. Yep. So uh, – but they have a solid attack. The defense, I think, is their strength. They had two safeties against Dixon County, had a pick six. They only allowed 74 yards against Spring Hill, five yards rushing. So they're going to make Destin Wade throw the ball. Which may just be right into his wheelhouse. Might be okay. what he wants. Um, I, you know, he is something to watch. Watching film on Destin Wade, you 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 get the, the idea that you know he had Keaton there, and it kind of you know they all kind of offset each other, and that they're a run team. He has power to throw. This kid's six three, two oh five, and he's a quarterback. Right. And he throws with touch. He throws with power. He can throw on the run. He can run. He can burn you in so many different ways. And this team is so much more than Destin Wade. It is. But it helps to have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially considering he's still a junior. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I knew and I've seen him play. 
I think he just gets better. And sitting there and watching tape on him, it is amazing to me that this kid is only a junior. Yeah. I'm taking Summit here. I am too, and I think Columbia is is a good team in this region, and they're going to have a pretty good year. But I don't think they're on the level of the Spartans at this point in time. This is another one of those games that I was surprised that it didn't do better on the fan poll. Yeah. I really was. Uh, This is one of those ones that I would, you know, that would have been fun to cover. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad of the games we have to cover because I think they're going to be fun to cover as well. Sure, uh, but this is one of those games that if you don't have anything to do and you're in the south of Nashville, it's worth your while to go out and see these teams play. Yeah, yeah. I just this is an exciting exciting game to me. I I think it's going to be a really really good game. Yep. One that I think will be a really good game is our spotlight game of the week, and it's the last one on our list. Watertown at Trousdale County in a clash by the Creek Bank. When you go to Hartsville for a Friday night game, that town is basically all football. That's not going to matter because these two teams don't like each other. They've played tough games the last two years, both in the regular season and the postseason, and Trousdale County gets to play the revenge angle again. <laughs> that seems to be a theme. Yeah, but... You're right. When you walk across that bridge into the stadium mm-hmm. there in Hartsville, uh, you're in for something special. Uh, the crowd is always fired up, on generally on both sides. Yeah. Um, it's an event, and this town rallies around their team. This team means so much to their town, just like Watertowns does there. But this is – this is almost a hate game. <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. Yeah. It, you know, playing the regular season, playing the postseason. You know, it. Every time they meet, there's something at stake. Mm-hmm. The the question with this one is, Waterhouse got to find a way to run the ball, because Trousdale's defense is really really good. Yep. Um, that means that uh, Cusino is going to have to throw well early to open it up, I think. That means Quinterius Hughes Malone is going to have to stretch the field. They're going to have to get on the board early. They're going to do what they can do to get Jordan Carter room to run the ball and loosen up that Trousdale uh, defense. Trousdale, on the other hand, they want to run the ball, control the clock. Uh, they're going to try to ride Bryson Claiborne. Uh, try to set the tone early, make Watertown one-dimensional. You know, and I look at both the, the teams that, you know, they had, you know, week one, week one, Trousdale County beats Friendship Christian. Week one, Watertown drops the uh, – no, Actually, Trousdale lost to Friendship Christian. I'm sorry. I have that backwards. Trousdale loses to Friendship Christian. Watertown beats Gordonsville. Yep. And I looked at that and I wonder, did week one really matter? With these teams. Right. Uh, you know, you can't judge these teams by – I don't think you can judge this game and these teams by what they did weeks before. I think that Not here. This, this game right here is going to tell you everything you need to know about these two teams. Yeah. My biggest question is going to be whether Cameron Rankins can play or not for Trustle County and can he be effective. If he can, I want to side with the Yellow Jackets, but if he can't, it's close enough between these two teams that it will matter, and Watertown may have enough to win. Yeah. And it's a question we probably will not know the answer to until game time. Probably not. And, yeah, my, I keep looking for reasons to pick a certain way, and I just don't have them. Yep. So I'm going to pick the Yellow Jackets here just because I think that at home – it's going to mean something. I think home field advantage is going to mean something here. It has, but not in the regular season. The last two years, and these two teams play each other. Watertown's won both their last two trips to Hartsville. And although I want to pick them to do it again, I can't. I think Rankins will play. If he does, then I think he'll be up enough for this rivalry game that it'll make a difference. It may be low scoring, and it may be close. 
but I think it's going to be Trousdale County. Agreed. So you want to recap her picks? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so Beach Laverne, we both took Beach. Right. Uh, BJ Goodpasture, we split. I took the Wildcats, and you took the Cougars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lebanon Mount Juliet, we both took Mount Juliet. Uh, Nashville Christian, Davidson Academy, we both took the Bears. Portland Montgomery Central, we both took Montgomery Central. Ravenwood at Franklin, we both picked the Raptors. We split Rossview and Wilson Central. Chris took Rossview. I took the Wildcats. We split at Brentwood Academy at Macaulay. I took the Blue Tornado, and Chris took the Eagles. Summit and Columbia, we both took the Spartans of Summit. Watertown at Trousdale County, we both took the Yellow Jackets. Okay. Should be a fun week. We'll see quite a few good games at region implications. And, uh, and it's about this time of year where we start finding out more about certain teams, and I'll be – Interested to see how these games play out, and hopefully the weather this Friday will cooperate with us. Yes, that's uh, – if if I was going to root for anybody, right now I'm rooting for sunshine. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's all the time we've got this week. Hopefully you get out to the game this week and stay dry at the same time. But for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week on the 615 Preps Podcast. Take care, everyone. Have a great week, everybody. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.